This is an SJC Radio production. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Pit Stop with Mr. Bird on SJC Radio. Welcome to Pit Stop. Uh, I'm joined today by... The gang. The gang. The Year 8 gang. Yeah. We've got Finn. Yes, hello. And we've got Will. Hello. We haven't got the Year 11s. Today. No. We might not. I don't think we'll have them again. Today. I don't think we will because, because they go off timetable in a couple of weeks. Yeah. And we're, and we're recording it on a different evening, one which doesn't really sort of work for them. So it's probably going to be us three for the foreseeable future. Right, okay. So we're going to start off by talking Formula One. Yes. Now, Finn. Yes. You were very unimpressed with the last Grand Prix website. Yes, I was. What was the last Grand Prix? Australia. 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 You yes. were very unimpressed with that. Uh-huh. Were you more impressed with... Absolutely, I love, I love Imola. Why do you love Imola? It's great, she did. You know, if I had the choice between Mugello, Monza and Imola, to have, so if I had a calendar yeah. and I could only have one race from each country, yeah. I'd have to put Imola. Tends to be how it goes. Oh, no, no, you're right, there, there are two races in Italy. So you prefer Imola to, to Monza? I think I Monza's a bit overrated. I don't really. like Monza either. Really? No, know. it's too straight. Well, I've been to I've been to Monza on three occasions. I haven't been, I haven't been to Imola. My brother's been to Imola. I haven't been there. I was due to go there in 2020. I booked flights and a hotel room to go to watch the World Superbikes at Imola, and then what happened? Covid happened, so I couldn't go. So race star rating, Finn. Three and a half. Okay, and what's your sort of? Give me a very brief sort of summary of your feelings about the race. Well, I love it. It was it was actually really good. I think in Imola and Imola and Wet are the perfect combination. Imola and oh, and Wet and the Wet. It's great. It mm. just just works because then there's always like a messed up grid mm. and there's like something funny is going to happen. Like the Leclerc went off. Yes. The signs went off. It was certainly incident packed, wasn't it? It was a good race, mm. but what one of the problems now. The race director, yes. he's dishing out so many unnecessary red flags. You say like, red flags? Yes, yeah, in qualifying, oh, right. okay. there was about five or six red flags where the car had just gone off the track. Mm. But literally, there's one occasion where Magnussen went off. He hadn't even hit the wall. He was still driving. But just because he went off, they put a red flag down. I think that is absolutely seems stupid. A bit, seems a bit unnecessary, doesn't it? 
So you were very happy with it. Will, your thoughts? Uh, Give us a star rating out of five. Probably like, I would say like a three. Right. I think it was, it was a very good race. It's just, I mean, I, I was I was really excited when in qualifying, K-Mag was there. I know. He was there, he was there. He was, he he was, was fourth. fourth. Unfortunately, the qualifying race didn't Spring work for him. The race didn't really work for him. I watched the qualifying, well, I, I say I watched it, I watched the highlights, which when you watch the highlights of the qualifying race, I think you've seen pretty much the whole qualifying race. I really enjoy the qualifying race because that was in dry conditions, wasn't I think it? The qualifying, I think the sprint race was great as well. The sprint race, I, I enjoyed the sprint race more than I did the actual Grand Prix because sprint race was, was in dry conditions. And of course, when I say overtaking, there's only one overtaking spot, isn't there? And that's yeah. into Tamburello. In the, the main race, they didn't have DRS for a, for quite a few That laps. was utterly stupid. Yeah. They were all on slicks. There was a clear dry line. And for about 10 or so laps, they still hadn't turned to DRS. And of course, the trouble is, without that DRS, they couldn't overtake. Yeah, exactly. At all. Well, if there's only one but dry line, because there was, get Because there, yeah. were, there was yeah. the fast cars and there was all of whatnot, there was in front of them. And like Lewis was, what, 14, stuck behind Gasly. Yeah. Both the Aston Martins. Without the DRS, because he was, he, he's faster than them. He couldn't overtake, could he? He couldn't overtake, because there was nothing. But then when he got to them, it was just an massive DRS trend. I know. he got to them, I and there was what. one slow car. I know. There was Yuki right at the front, and they were all just packed behind him. And when Lewis managed to catch up to all of them, then he was just in a stagnant DRS trend, and it wasn't going anywhere. This, DR, this DRS train. DRS, oh dear. I can see why we've got it, because we saw in the race on Sunday, with DRS... Disabled, there was no overtaking. When you have DRS, uh, we saw in the sprint race, it was almost too easy. That's why I think. That's why I don't think it was one of the best tracks because it you can really only overtake, and if we're without DRS, you don't. You, you can't. can't. You just start. So I mean, here we go. Now we're going back to Mr. Bird's push to pass button thing. Yeah. Well, yes. I and mean, I said this before, probably about three or four times. Well, you probably haven't heard me say this, but in IndyCar, they got a. It's called push to pass, and they have about I forget I don't know it might be seventy seconds. It's one hundred and fifty. One hundred and fifty seconds yes. of of boost. Um, you can use that anywhere around the circuit you like and at any time. But of course, once you've used up, you say it's one hundred and fifty seconds. I'm pretty sure. What? Well, it's yeah. Once you've used those seconds up, you don't have it anymore. For the rest of the race. Yeah, that's it. So some, so some drivers will save it all to the end. Other drivers might use it up fairly early to get ahead. But what I like about the, the push to pass is that you can use it on any part of the circuit. With DRS, it's just one DRS zone. And then this this DRS train business, it's daft, isn't it? Um, Yeah, because if you got pushed to pass and you're not going to be stuck in a DRS train because you're going to use someone might not be using it. That's right, exactly, exactly, exactly. I think, yeah, you are right, Imola is a great circuit. They changed it. It It was one of the best circuits in the world. Prior to 1994, when Benetton and Werner was were killed that same weekend, they then made a whole load of changes. Um, and 2005, uh, nobody could overtake. There was no overtaking at all. The circuit con- 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 configuration, same as it is now, but they had no DRS, no overtaking at all. Um, what I think they need to do now, because at the moment you can only overtake into Tambrella, nowhere else you can possibly overtake. One of the changes they made in 95, um, that they introduced that Villeneuve chicane. So after the Tamburello chicane, there's a short straight. You can't overtake, it's not long enough. And then you've got this fairly quick left-right chicane. Well, that, 
Before 94, that was just a right-hand curve. And most of the overtaking, it wasn't into Tamburello. In those days, the overtaking was into Tosa, the, the hairpin. Um, so what, what I think they need to do is they need to get rid of the Villeneuve chicane, put it back to how it was, making that a fast right-hand curve. Then you'd get overtaking into Tosa. And perhaps have two DRS zones. Obviously, keep the first one into Tamburello, have the second one from Tamburello into Tosa, but incorporating the, the old profile Villeneuve corner. I, I just, it was a good race, but I find it frustrating watching a race where there's only one place you can overtake. If you're a spectator at Imola, what's the point in spectating anywhere apart from the braking zone into Tamburello? You're not going to see anybody overtake. So that that was my feeling. I enjoyed the sprint race. It was in dry conditions. And as you say, it it was uh, lots of action. I love love wet conditions and I love it. Yeah, yeah. Because they just it just messes up the field. It's just It does. You you are right. See what was good. Isn't it great to see a massive crowd? Yeah. The atmosphere was incredible. Yeah. So, um, Mostly Ferrari fans, though. Almost entirely oh, Ferrari it is, fans. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Finn, now you've been watching uh, some old Grand Prix, haven't you, on YouTube. You you told me you watched the 1981 Belgian, Belgian Grand, Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Yeah. Go on YouTube, find the 10 minute highlights of the. Well, there's a so 1983 San Marino Grand Prix in Imola. Well, is it San Marino or Italy? Well, San Marino is. Well, actually, Imola is in Italy. It's not actually in San Marino. So it's called... This one. This wasn't called the San Marino Grand Prix, was it? It was called the Emilio... Emilia Magna. Yeah. But it, it used to be called the San Marino Grand Prix. What's the 83 highlights on YouTube? Quite an incident. Very much, very incident-packed race. Also, 1990 was a very good race as well. That's worth watching on, on YouTube. Right. Okay, so... Yeah, the, actually, the sprint race, that was the first sprint race that I've seen, yeah, which I, which was really entertaining. Right. I thought that if you started, if you got pole in qualifying on mm. Friday, then you won pole for the race. That's what normally would happen, yeah. yeah. But if you qualify first in Friday qualifying, you qualify first for the sprint race. Mm. But then, so you can start to finish second in the in the sprint race and you qualify second. Yes. But apparently they thought, I thought they brought out a rule. If you're first in qualifying, you're first in the free race. No. Well, that would be, no, no, that would no. be stupid, no. wouldn't it? Because then there's no point in having the sprint race. Well, you are right, Will, yes. Yeah, so, no, the, the grid is set by the sprint race. Uh-huh. So if you qualify on pole, you're only on pole for the sprint race. You're not on pole for the main race. I mean, chances are you will be because you're starting from the start of the, you know, from pole for the sprint race. But, of course, that didn't happen, did it? Who was on no, pole? No, it was. It was, it was Verstappen. Verstappen got overtaken literally off the start by the so, first so. so Verstappen was on pole for the sprint race, but Leclerc won the race in Southern pole for the... No, no, because it was the last yeah. lap. Last lap. Leclerc's tyres has gone. Right, so Verstappen started on pole for the Grand Prix. Yeah, yeah both, both races. Both races. He just had an awful start, and so Leclerc went away. And he right. was off. Then, That's right. ridiculous. What's that say? He was off. Leclerc was off. Ferrari ridiculous. In terms of, the, he got a good launch. Yeah, and it's really fast on the straight. Yeah. yeah. Mind you, it all went pear shaped in the Grand Prix, didn't yeah. it? It was a disaster. Are we? Poor, I talk about disasters. What about poor old Carlos Sainz? Oh. I mean, it just goes. He from... did do have a, he had a good. He didn't have a good qualifying. Oh, uh, spread race is great. But well, then in a sprint race, he was like from 10th to 3rd. Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, okay. The trouble, I think the problem that Sainz has got is that once you get a run of poor results, 
that obviously creates pressure on you. I think he's stuck in that because his, his teammates obviously doing so well in the championship and he has to, because Red Bull catch in Ferrari in the constructors yeah, like four, and, and one like more race like that and then they're gone. The trouble is, as you say with science, the pressure builds and builds. So he's probably, probably pushing too much and he's making mistakes and things are going wrong. His car uh, and himself are good enough so they are. Don't need mm-hmm. to, he doesn't need to push yeah. as hard as it's, it's like it's like all sports. Once you have a run of bad results, it's very difficult to change that. Yeah. Um, winning is a habit. Also, losing is a habit as well. I've got some track news for the Red Bull Ring. Oh, hold on. Do I know about? Yes, I do. Hold on. This is a MotoGP thing, yes, isn't it? Yes, they've chucked in. The I know game. they have a turn. What they call turn two. Yeah. Because of that very bad crash. Yes. A couple of years ago, didn't they? You are right. Yeah, it's quite disappointing to see Sometimes that, actually. It's really just like a little king. It is. But have you seen the crash they had a couple of years ago? With yeah, Osaka and Morbidelli came together at that turn, too. And then Rossi was... Yeah, and the, the, the bikes went off the circuit, they but they almost Rossi. T-boned Rossi and Vinales at turn three. Yeah. I have to show that to you, Will. Yeah, it's not very nice. No. Right, uh, moving on. Um, we'll go to MotoGP. Uh, it was the Portuguese Grand Prix. What a track. It is a good track, and it's your favourite. Do you like Do you like Portugal? Uh, yeah, yeah, I like him. Right, let me run through the results. Moto3. Now, I, Sergio Garcia won. I kind of predicted that, although I didn't actually. Oh, no, you didn't. Did I didn't you? tell you people, but I did predict that. Trust me. Moto2. Oh, what did you put then? He says he's predicted it, but no, 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 he actually no, didn't put him I, in his prediction. I, I didn't write it down, the Moto3, but I did think Garcia would be Moto3, which he did. That was obviously very entertaining. Moto3 is always entertaining. Now, Moto2, to say Moto2 was incident-packed would be an understatement. It was won by Joe Roberts. He's never won a Moto2 race before. Do you know why it was so lucky, that win? No, because I don't watch Moto2. Well, well what you told me what you, I might have told you. Uh, oh, I know. That was just, there was a horrible, horrible crash. Yes, about, about, the, bikes about the top eight bikes. They didn't crash into each other. No. Um, I, th- I, think it start, I think it started to rain, and the riders were unaware that at turn two, there was clearly some water on the track. And literally, almost the top eight, sort of high sides at the same time, very, very dramatic. It's on YouTube. So the top eight basically were out of the race. Um, Aaron Cannett was leading the race. Uh, Aaron Cannett had dominated pre-practice, he had dominated qualifying, he was going to win the race. This is the chap who led at Cota and fell off. Yeah. Aaron Cannon was dominating this race, but he, along with eight others, crashed out. Aaron Cannon's having no luck at all. Um, so the race was then stopped because half the field crashed. Um, Jake Dixon was on pole, the British rider. He crashed in the first lap. That was disappointing. Joe Roberts went on to win. Now, we talked about... What bike's he on? Uh, he, they're all on. Uh, he's on a Calex. Most of them are on on, on Calex bikes. Right. Um, it's about. It's about three different. It's about two different chassis. No, about three there's the KTM, which is the No, no, actually, no. Well, it's not because the KTM and Moto Two. They used to have their own chassis, but the KTM t- team and Moto Two. It's not a KTM chassis. It's a Calex chassis. But there's, they call themselves KTM. They call themselves KTM. It, it's a Calex. Um, now, Aaron Canet is probably the unluckiest rider in Moto2. The luckiest rider is Celestino Vietti, the championship leader. Going back to Cota, he crashed out, and then, then um, Canet was leading. So this that's really, really bad for Vietti, but then Canet crashed out. So that was good news for Vietti. Now, Vietti was nowhere in this race, but because the top eight crashed out, he ended up finished second. 
So Vietti is, I would say, a lucky rider. He's leading the championship. MotoGP, none of us predicted the winner. I put Marquez. I thought, look, I, I did put him second, though. No. I have Quattuaro second. Uh, let's have a look at that. Did you put Quattuaro second? Finn? Oh, you did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Yeah, okay. Well, none of us saw... I, I saw last race. I saw him. He was doing quite well. I think he was like sixth or seventh, and he was battling uh, Marquez quite well. I think the thing is, he's been so critical of his team, and he hasn't won any races so far. He's been talking about their lack of power. And there's a long straight to Portimao. I think all yeah. of us, I didn't, I didn't see that result coming. So, yeah, Quattro dominated the race. But Bastianini, where was he? Bastianini was nowhere. I think right. he crashed out. Uh, Zarco was on pole. That was a surprise. Zarco finished. Uh, did, he, did he finish second? Uh, and yes, Alicia Spargo finished third. Alex Rins, who a lot of you had in your predictions, he qualified 23rd on the grid, right. but he finished fourth. So he did. He made up about 10 places in the first lap. Martin, who you would normally expect to be on pole, um, he didn't get he didn't get out of qualifying. What he crashed out and crashed out of the race. Marquez, uh, he finished sixth overall. He probably would have been on pole position had it not been for pole. What am I saying? Right, I know, that sounds weird. His teammate is Paul Espargaro. Paul Espargaro crashed in qualifying. He crashed in the last sector. Marquez was on a hot lap, about to take pole, but he had to back off. In that last sector, Marquez had to back... We didn't back off. Uh, so he went top of the timings because he didn't back off in the last sector when pole crashed out. That time was deleted. So what I'm saying is Marquez might well have been on pole position had Pole not crashed out. Had Marquez been on pole position, he could well have won that race. Bagnaia, pre-season favourite, guess where he started in the race? 24th. 25th. He was last on the grid. There was an extra rider this weekend. We had a third um, prettier. So he qualified last because he crashed down in qualifying, which is a bit daft because the weather was pretty terrible in Portimao uh, over the weekend. Qualifying took place on a drying track. Few riders went out on slicks. Yes. Those riders crashed. So we had um, uh, Remy Gardner went out on slicks, crashed straight away. So obviously they go out on slicks. And at that moment, they sent Bagnaia out on slicks. Well, Gardner's just crashed. Bagnaia therefore crashes straight away, ends up last in the grid. He does finish eighth. He did quite well to finish eighth. But um, yes, it was an incident-packed weekend. Check out the Moto2 uh, crash. It's very I dramatic. saw that. It was quite scary, actually. It is quite right. scary. You top three high-siding in, in tandem. It was uh, spectacular. Now, the all-important predictions table. The order remains unchanged. Yes! Come what on, we then. see this week, we see Finn actually... Ex no, he does extend his lead. Finn actually top scores because... Finn correctly predicted Verstappen to win. He's the only person who went for Verstappen to win the Grand Prix. Yeah, I've Gives got, him I've a 25 got, points. I thought, thought Ferrari tried their hardest in Italy. So I think they did. Well, That's they did. Why they yeah, they probably tried a bit too hard, to be honest. And also MotoGP, you got Quattararo finishing second, got you 10 points. So Finn top scored, which puts you on 135. Ed scored 10 points because he got... You got Verstappen to finish second in the top three. He's on 105. Joe uh, scored 10 points. Again, he got Verstappen. Um, I only got 10 points. He got Verstappen. Uh, Max, I've disqualified. 
Max's predictions for the Grand Prix I didn't allow because they came in too late. I got those just before the Grand Prix started. I think that, that that's too late. And Will, you got 10 points for getting Verstappen in the top three. Now, we might all have done a lot better in the MotoGP had not Miller taken Mir out. So uh, Mir was second. Miller was trying to overtake him at the end of the straight on the inside. And he got alongside Mir and then he lost his bike and poor old Mir got wiped out. So what I'm saying, I look, I look at these predictions. Joe had Mir and Miller in the top three. That crash obviously took those two out. Will, you had Mir to finish second. He might well have finished second had he not been taken out. So you're a bit unlucky there. Looking at my MotoGP predictions, I went for Bastianini, who was nowhere. Marquez, who might have been on pole. Martin, who had a bit of a mare, really. So... Bastianini is pretty on and off. He is very on and off. He either wins or I think he crashed out, actually. Um, MotoGP does not become any easier to predict. It is very tricky to predict. We've got a race this weekend, so we have to think about our predictions. Right, Finn. I think we're going over to you now, Finn. Right. Now, this is Finn's... What happens here, Will, is Finn gives us some facts about a racetrack, and we've got to guess what the track is. Now, what he normally does, he normally tells us the length of kilometres. I've got a new one. And then he tells us... The um the record lap, which again isn't massively helpful. Well, it could um, be. This one it might be. I think what's going to happen here, Will. For some of the longer tracks, it definitely is. Uh, if I get the answer, I'm going to write it down and show Finn, okay. uh, rather than just shout it out. Well, I don't think Will's going to get the one. Uh, well, you never know. Two of them. Two of them are probably. Well, no clues. Right. Don't trust any diagrams either. Right, off you go, Finn. Describe your first circuit. This track, I've got two new facts actually. Two new facts about this track is currently a grade A racetrack. A grade A, so that means it can host Formula One. I think. Yep. Yeah. It is two point six seven eight miles long. Two point six. That's kind of average for a but, racetrack. But yes. Nothing. It's eight hundred meters above sea level. Oh, now that does help quite a lot. Okay, eight hundred meters above sea level. Um, can I can I can I scribble something down here? Uh, I'm going to scribble something down. I think got this already. Is it this circuit? Oh. Oh. That's one doesn't Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I know it. It's this one. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't, don't help each other. I'm not helping him. Is it that one? Come on. Is that an I? Yes. Yeah. Right, I've got it. Good. Carry on. So, just, just to confirm that I've got the answer. It holds 60,000 people and was first a Grand Prix track in 1973. Uh, any thoughts, Will? I can give you the lap record yeah. and who it Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The lap record is 11, 1.1... That's one minute. That's one minute, 11 seconds, 473 attempts. And it was set by Juan Pablo Montoya in 2004. None of this is particularly one helpful. 11, okay, I'm telling you. Like, That's telling I'm you... It's I'm a short trying, circuit. I'm trying to think. It's quite a short circuit. It's quite a good one. I, is it Interlagos? Oh, yes! well done. What I was going to say, I was going to then describe some of the corners to you. I was just thinking, because I like, I think, I think like an average lap just on the F1 game, hmm. which is quicker, is like 1.11, Are you familiar with this, with the, with the trap layout yeah, of Interlagos? Yeah, it's a lovely track. Now, it, it is, it's a good track, but the old track used to be almost over four miles long. It's really The old weird. track like, used to go over here. Very fast, double, right-hander, fat out. Long, straighter, with there were no grandstands. Then it used to loop back, I think, along... It's just a big... 
along here. Yeah, check out the old Interlagos. It was a really, really long circuit. So Left I, or right? I, I got it when he said the, the sea level. Because that, that's that's the second highest track. Mexico's one thousand. Yeah, right. yeah, good. We'll go, we'll go, we'll left. All right, left, right, okay. This track is currently a grade B race track. Oh, grade B. Can, can you tell us what you mean by grade B? So, not super Formula 1. Right. It's like seconds, like... So, it could hold Formula 2, it could maybe hold... Yeah. Okay. Grade B, carry on. It's currently... This, oh, sorry. It's not currently. This track is two miles and eight... Two point eight one four miles long. Two point... Okay, so it's almost three miles, yeah. Apparently it's 1,500 metres long. I don't know if that's right. Right, okay, okay, right. And it's well known for its tragic accident in 1977. Oh, 1977. I know the... Can I write down the my yeah, answer? Yeah, yeah. I think I know the answer to this. Would you like to know the drivers? No. Okay, yes, please. Is that the answer? Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, can I have the drivers? Uh, Tom Price and Marshall. I can talk about... And the Marshall. I can talk about this incident. It's one you don't really want to watch, by the way. Oh, no, I have seen it. It's horrible. So what happens here? Okay, I'll tell... The lap the record is 100, 1 minute 17 seconds at 578 tenths by Nigel Mansell in 1992. Yeah. Ah, hold on. Right. So what we've got here, that's the new Kyle Army. Yeah. There was an older version of the track. Yeah, okay. You just said the answer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to do it. Did you hear that, Will? Yeah. Carlisle. Wow, that is right. incredible now, Tom Price wasn't killed on that particular layout of the circuit. i tell you what happened. It's a horrible incident. So, let's have a think. Um, another car, I forget who it was, actually broke down in the start-finish straight. And one of the marshals stupidly ran across the circuit with a fire extinguisher. That marshal was hit by Tom Price yeah. at full speed. Let's put it the marshal is killed instantly. There's also another incident with a marshal in 81 in Belgium. And there were basically, oh. there was one, I think it was a Benetton. Not uh, a Benetton. What was it? Uh, an Arrows. Yeah, and he dived behind his car. So there was this car that wasn't starting. They were all waving yeah, for some reason madness. at the start line. Madness. They are all waving. This guy wouldn't start his car. He couldn't start his car. And this marshal, as soon as the lights go out, and he's, he dives behind this guy's car to try to fix it. And this Inside. dome just drives right to the back of it. And he breaks his legs. Now, back to Tom Price. So so Tom Price hits the marshal. Unfortunately, I think the marshal's fire extinguisher hits Tom Price's helmet. I think Tom Price is killed instantly. I think his neck is broken. The car carries on down the start-finish straight. Unbeknown to the spectators, Tom Price is actually he's dead. And it just goes off at, at the first corner. It's the most horrific uh Incident. I mean, what, did he just die because it was? He died because he would, because I think well, the, the marshal's him. fire extinguisher hit his helmet, oh. and he was killed instantly. So both the marshal and Tom Price were killed. A horrible, horrible incident. Right. That's why you need to Close your ears for a second. Doing rather well. Why? 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 Because we need to give Will Hadley's off. No, 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 no. Okay. I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll give Will some tips if we can't get it. So, right. look, last one. I, I can see the flag. Oh no, I saw the flag. Right, okay, carry on. Well, here no. Carry on. Carry Should on. I give the flag? No, it's French. Yes, it's French. Right, okay. I think we know the answer to this. Well, now you know, because I'm about to take the length. This track is a grade B and it's 8.5 miles long. Oh, yeah. Well done, well done. Well done, Will. You beat me to it. Well done, Will. Have you played Le Mans on your racing game? No, I have. No, I haven't. But hold on, right, but you missed like error here. No, don't worry about the error. This is very nice. You could say it can hold 50,000 people. I've been to Le Mans. 
and there's been 260,000 people out for the 24 hours. It might be that the Bugatti circuit can take 50,000. But that's just going... Just guessed 8.5 miles. Yeah, it's just, just over 8 miles. Great racetrack. Um, lovely pictures there. Yeah, Finn, as always. They'll go up on my wall. Let's get the other ones. Let's show well, Hold on, the other ones are... Oh, they're up there. Yeah, yeah, it might take a little bit of finding. I'm right. a cool guy. Right, Finn, this isn't going to make for great radio. So whilst Finn's trying to find his pictures, on, let's think about... Predictions for this weekend. Oh. Uh, MotoGP. There's nothing in I'm Miami. I'm really excited. Oh, well, no, that. that's not this weekend, though, is it? Oh, There's no Formula One. No, it's probably... It's probably a... What is it? Six to eight, isn't it? Okay, so let's go... Oh. Most, I'm going to go last in my MotoGP prediction because I'm confident oh, I know who's going to win this. Right, Will. MotoGP. Is it? it is going to be at Jerez. You know Jerez? Yes. It's in Spain. It's quite a... It's a good circuit. Um, there's no long straights. There's quite a few fast corners. It's a really good circuit, actually. Great for MotoGP. Will, who are you going for this uh, weekend? Marquez. Marquez. Is, that, is that to win? Yeah, to win. Okay, I'm not, I'll comment on these afterwards, yeah? No. Marquez to win. May, second. Always a good bet, May. He's so unlucky. And Cat and third. Prince. Well, those are sound, very sound. Finn, your predictions. Jerez, MotoGP. You've given me, you've set me down the spot now. You said it's always going to be an interesting one. I'm going to go for the win. Mm. Ready for this one? Mm. Paul Stein at the back pocket. Francesco Bagnaia. Well, if I've said this once, I've said this about three times, he's got to come good at some stage. Okay, that could happen. Bagnaia. Bagnaia for the win. Yes, I've got you down for the win, yeah. Uh, second place. Paul Spargo. Okay. What's he on? A Honda. He's Marquez's teammate. Oh. Third place. Bet, wasn't it? Well, you can always change it. Yeah, I want. I want. I want any Hondas in my predictions. Okay, we'll cross pole out. Right. Um. Uh, Miguel Oliveira. Well, he could. Uh, again, he's a bit like Bastianini. He'll either win it or come twelfth. Um, Oh, and then third, I'm going to go for Fabio Quattara. Oh, I'm annoyed about that. Right. Right, because uh, I know who's going to win this race. Fabio Quattara will win the Grand Prix. I have no doubt about that whatsoever. Second place, I'm going to go for Marquez. Third place, I've got to go for Rins because he seems to be very much the man in form. Which Marquez? Uh, I've gone for Mark Marquez. Which, well, in short. Well, the last time Mark Marquez raced at Jerez, it's about two or three years ago now. That's when he had his bad accident. But in that race, I think he was he was running second. He then was he in the lead and he he ran wide. Then he dropped almost to the back of the grid. He then um, this amazing fight back where he got back to about second base. Then he had this huge crash and then he then he was out. He was injured for about a year. But Marquez around Jerez last time he raced until he crashed. He was unbelievable. But I think Quattararo. Man on form. There's no long straight at Jerez, so he won't be at a... The Yamaha is the slowest bike in a straight line, but I don't think that's going to happen too much. Lots of fast corners. Quattuaro is the best at carrying speed into corners. I'm pretty certain Quattuaro is going to win that. So I'm very confident with these predictions. That might come back to bite you. It might come back. I appreciate that, Will. It might come back to bite me. Quattuaro is leading the championship. I know. Isn't this amazing? It goes to show... How open this is championship. We're, we're, up until the weekend, Quattuaro was nowhere. Him and Rins he wins the race. He's now leading the championship. It's insane, isn't it? Oh, 
Why um, did you go for Martin in 13th to win? Did you go for him to win? I went for Martin. Oh, you know what? I should have remembered that last time they raced at Portugal last year, Martin, in fact, he, he, got, he had a bad crash in qualifying and was, was out for a few races. Seems to be his bogey circuit. But Martin is normally a brilliant qualifier. He didn't make it out of Q1. So I think some riders have just tracks which they don't get on with. I think Martin does not get on with Portimao. I'll know that for next year. So that's stored in the memory bank for next time. Quite a busy weekend. There's no Formula 1 this weekend. But there is another series we quite like. It's the first round. It's at Portimao, actually. Yeah. It's the first round of the DTM Championship. We quite like I that. that. So I'll be watching that DTM. I uh, there's IMSA, which is American Sports Car Racing Do from you Laguna know Liam Seca. Is Liam Lawson competing? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. I know the field, they've got quite a few more cars this year, but I'll be watching the DTM, but obviously, and also the MotoGP. Um, if you're twiddling your thumbs this, this weekend, there's worse things that you can do than go to Brands Hatch on Sunday, because it's the round of the GT. World Championship, the sort of sprint series. Do you know who's driving in that? Very famous MotoGP rider, retired Valentino Rossi is racing at Brands Hatch this weekend. Yeah, he was in an Epre recently. What's an Epre? Oh, an, an, an electronic Grand Prix. What on the for? computer? Oh, I see. Yes, I see. Yeah, he was very good. Really? He was in a GC car. Excellent. So, um, yeah, lot, lots to watch on television this weekend. I, th I think we're probably done actually. Yep. I think we are, so until next week, uh, it's goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. This was an SJC radio production. The presenters were Mr. Bird, Will and Finn, the editor, Mr. Bird, and the producer, Tom Russell.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the About page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well